Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, still alongside Shane Caldwell, and it's still Thursday, but now we're talking about the Sunday three-game slate in the NFL. Shane, we just blasted the Saturday show out. How about Sunday? You ready to crush this one too? Yep, I'm also loving the Sunday slate here. Uh, pretty excited about this first game we're going to talk about here. This is a kind of a rematch from last year, a grudge match, and man, two really good teams. So um, I'm kind of excited about this slate here. It's a, it's some tough battles going on right now in the trenches. Yeah, you know, this is actually rematch Sunday. That's what I'm going to call it. All of these teams have played this season, so we'll talk about that as we go. And as usual, we're going to go game by game here, get you ready for the three-game slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. We are going to start with the Ravens and Titans and man, this is like a, a double rematch because in the playoffs last year, this is where we saw the Ravens go down early in a surprise fashion. They really moved the ball well, but they had all these strange turnovers, failures on fourth down. And before you know it, uh, the Titans had, had pulled the upset. And uh, so, you know, Lamar Jackson said after that game in the playoffs last year that they 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 overlooked the Titans. It was a big learning experience. They weren't he wasn't going to do it again. And it's just kind of funny that here they are again. And even though Lamar Jackson is ultra motivated, it's still a tough matchup because of this tremendous Derrick Henry situation. I mean, the the wrecking ball, the <laughs> 2000 yard wrecking ball. He's he's on the other side. So the Ravens have their hand, hands full, and they played this season, and Tennessee got them again, 30-24 to 24 in overtime. Henry had that touchdown run to win it. So here we go again. We'll see if the third time's a charm for Lamar Jackson and company. In terms of the injury news, we've got Willie Sneed questionable for the Ravens, and uh, that's about it. So basically at full strength, should be a, uh, a, a fun one to get going here on Sunday. So Talk to me about this Baltimore side. If Lamar Jackson's motivated here, can he get it done? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. I think that, uh, like you said, last year in the playoffs, Baltimore's offense that was a juggernaut all year had basically stalled out, and they just couldn't pick up first downs. They couldn't move the chains. And Tennessee did a pretty good job spying Lamar Jackson, limiting his upside in the running game. Um, and he just couldn't pass against them. And that's what happens is teams try to attack your weakness in the playoffs. Um, I think Lamar Jackson has become a better passer and he has a little bit better weapons overall this year. And just of late, I mean, he's had some pretty easy matchups, but you're seeing a nice uptick in his passing efficiency. He's never really going to be a high volume passing uh, guy, but, you know, at least he's getting touchdowns. You know, uh, the last, you know, he's got what, eight touchdowns in the last, you know, three games here through the air, which is always good for a guy like that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's still a dual threat dynamic extremely hard to defend the titans are not really good against the pass uh pass defense for the titans 30th dvoa 29th yards allowed per pass uh you know so they're they're among the worst in the in the pass coverage they did get a dory jackson back i talked about that a few weeks ago he's you know it helps them a little bit for coverage um but overall i think that lamar jackson's going to be able to get them through the air which is why we see such a high over under because we know tennessee can score as well so yeah i think lamar jackson is 
is near mandatory on this particular slate. Obviously, you're trying to get different and go different ways. I don't know if you want to. I, I personally don't want to get different elsewhere. I want to probably lock in Lamar Jackson because I like the rushing upside where he can get 100 yards rushing and obviously rushing touchdowns. He's going to lay it all on the line. He's not going to be conservative in the playoffs. Uh, so I expect him to pass more and be more efficient and then have some more off script runs where everyone's if they're in man coverage, you know, they're, they're not paying attention and he takes off and you know what he can do when he takes off there. And I expect him to get, to get some work done in the passing game here, which is always huge for him. Um, I'd, so I'd probably pair, you know, pair him up. You can pair him up with uh, Mark Andrews. If you want to pay up at tight end, Mark Andrews looking good as well. Pretty, you know, neutral matchup for him. Marquise Brown is finally starting to produce. We've been talking about him all year and it took the last like what, three or four games before he finally took off. And he was like a top 10 wide receiver the last, you know, three, four games. So, you know, he's a small guy, but he's ultra quick and, you know, he's, you know, he's got good hands, got obviously great explosion and speed. He's really hard to cover. And some of these kind of bigger, slower corners for Tennessee, I don't think match up well against him. So I can see them getting, getting them for some big plays. And then of course you got uh, the running attack, on the running backs for Baltimore, uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins has come on strong now. He's finally starting to get, you know, a little bit more carries, a little bit more snap share. And obviously he's he's had some monster games of late. So I like J.K. Dobbins. Tennessee's pretty tough against the run, but Baltimore's, you know, dual threat with the quarterback and the running back can really keep you second guessing and really cause some issues for you. So I know Gus Edwards is in the mix as well, but I'm still going to probably lean towards J.K. Dobbins. I think they'll lean on him a little bit more in this matchup. So I expect, you know, obviously a, a heavy running attack here as well, but also they're going to be able to pass. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson will be more efficient with passing here. So that's why I do like him. Um, but yeah, so I think I think I like Baltimore in this game. Obviously, there's there's slight favorites here. What three and a half point favorites. But I do like Baltimore to, to roll in this game. Yeah, I, I, I lean to the Baltimore side as well. I think Lamar Jackson will get it done, and I am ready to lock him in for most of my lineups here. Um, a little bit surprising that in the last matchup, he was under 200 yards passing and only 51 yards rushing, but I think he'll be better overall. Like you said, I think he's peaking at the at the perfect time, and the targets that I would look at would be Andrews and Brown. Andrews had a touchdown against these guys in week 11 and almost 100 yards, 96 yards. And then Brown, like you said, he's really trending in the right direction. Uh, despite the fact that they're so bad against the pass, it's not a type of offense where I'd want to get a full passing attack stack. So if I pair Lamar up with a pass catcher, it'll be one or the other. And what I might do is pair him up with another running back. And that's not something you usually do in GPPs, but I think you can do it with Baltimore with their incredibly high rushing volume. And to me, Gus Edwards is is really interesting in that situation. You know, if I had to guess who's going to get more yardage, Dobbins or Edwards, it certainly would be Dobbins. But with Edwards being that much cheaper, I, I think that's a good way to uh, get a little bit different into GPPs is go with both of those guys. So that's what I'm looking at on the Baltimore side. On the Tennessee side, uh, like I said, the number is 2,000. It was specifically 2,027 for Derrick Henry. What an incredible season and a great finish to get him over that 2,000-yard mark. Will you be able to afford him in your, in your lineups, Shane? Yeah, it's going to come down to that lineup construction, but it's looking like probably on FanDuel, you know, it's pretty tough to fade him there. 
it's half point PPR. He doesn't really do a lot of work in the passing in the passing game. You know, the problem is the Ravens do match up pretty well. They do have some big guys. I think they have some solid linebackers. So they match up pretty good. You know, last time out against Henry, they contain him to 133 rushing yards. He has to get 28 attempts to get there, though, in one rushing touchdown. And that that's not really going to pay off the value fully for what you're looking for for at a $10,200 FanDuel price point. Um, and, you know, on DraftKings, you could certainly make the case to fade him just because it, you, you rely on those PPR points. Um, and you have some other guys that we'll talk about that can definitely rack up catch, catches and be productive that might be in better matchups here. Uh, so that's kind of the million-dollar question here is to is to go with Henry or fade him, and it really depends on how good you feel about some of your value plays, you know, if you're going to get the value plays because you're going to have a hard time paying up for a lot of these more expensive guys if you've got Henry in the lineup there. Uh, but, yeah, in general, Henry's, you know, he's he's definitely on the top of the list here. Uh, you know, he's going to probably get 30, 30 carries here, I would think. And, you know, it only takes him a couple times to pop off a big one here. Um, but I am a little concerned about the matchup. So that's why I kind of go back and forth here. Um, but in general, obviously, he's guaranteed volume. So it's a volume play. And he's been nearly unstoppable this year. So, yeah, Henry, Henry's looking like a good play. What about the uh, what, where are you on Henry? Are you kind of the same, same spot here? Well okay. said, my friend. Well said. Okay. And then what are you thinking about the passing game here for Tennessee? What's your opinion on that? My opinion is maybe a one-off. Um, you know, they, they spread it around. So it's kind of hard to predict. They certainly love the tight ends. So a guy like John U. Smith is in play for me. 3,200 on, on DraftKings is a fair price. He got in the end zone against Baltimore and Janu and Ferks are combined for eight catches that game. So, you know, that's one of the more consistent things you can look at with this passing attack is getting exposure to the tight ends based on price and, and how everything fits with your build. So uh, you could look there. I, I mean, uh, Davis is a pretty cheap price on DraftKings, a little bit surprising. So yeah, he's in play. Yeah, he's in play because of the price tag. But, uh, you know, I probably won't get... Uh, too much exposure to the Titan side here. Yeah, if you were building multiple lineups and you wanted to be a little contrarian, I think you can build a stack with Tannehill and A.J. Brown or Corey Davis or both of them, um, just because there is the scenario where they're kind of shutting down Henry, and let's say Lamar Jackson is on fire and gets a big lead there, and Tannehill's forced to, you know, in the second half, forced to throw at high volume. And, and you know, you can get the Ravens. It's not like they're complete shutdown. You can beat them in the passing game occasionally. Um, and they have, yeah, Tannehill, when he when he does it, you know, he, when he passes with pretty high volume, he's usually pretty productive, even in a tough matchup here. So so there is a scenario where Tannehill can have a big game. You've seen he's had a couple games where he's getting some rushing touchdowns and, and passing, you know, some deep plays here. So so that's, I, other than that, yeah, I may take a one-off of maybe exposure if you want to pay up to be a little more contrarian with A.J. Brown. Um, I think he could have a big game here. Um, I think he can definitely beat, you know, uh, Marcus Peters or, you know, and some of these uh, Brown, some of these Baltimore secondary guys. And then uh, also uh, Corey Davis, like you said, I like I like him. And John U. Smith hasn't done much lately, but he is really, you know, he's a big athlete and they, they certainly like to get him involved, you know, near the red zone as well. So I like him here as well. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to figure out because it's like, are you going Henry or nothing or are you trying to get a little exposure elsewhere in this game here? Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's really high scoring, but also uh, really competitive defenses at the same time. So it's kind of strength on strength is that that's what the kind of what you see here. Uh, but yeah, the Ravens are, I think are, are fairly healthy and peaking at the right time. So 
uh, where Tennessee is kind of they they've done great in the regular season, but they're not surprising anyone this year like they did last year, like we talked about. So people are kind of more prepared for their run scheme and for what they want to do against you. So that's why I think Baltimore is set up a little bit better to contain them this year. We'll, we'll see though. Yeah, they're my pick to win it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch it play out. Game two is interesting, Shane, as the Bears found a way to get into the playoffs at eight and eight, and oh, their, their reward is to travel and play New Orleans on the road, who they played in Week Eight. As we continue this the rematch Sunday theme, they lost that one in overtime, twenty six twenty three. Bit of a different look to this game though, because Michael Thomas didn't play, Sanders didn't play. And Nick Foles was the quarterback for the Bears that day. So we've got Trubisky, of course, now under center. In terms of injury news, we've got Darnell Mooney. He popped up with an ankle issue here towards the end of the week. He's questionable. We're we're expecting him to play. And then it looks like Michael Thomas will be back along with Kamara because this game is being played on Sunday. So if uh, everybody's ready to go there, um, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm more, I'm a little bit more heavy on the Saints side here. I'll even be taking a look at the Saints defense just because uh, with Chicago, uh, New Orleans got a great pass rush, obviously great corners and safeties, uh, and New Orleans has been, their defense is peaking at the right time. Um, I, I think it's a mismatch here. I don't, I don't really like the matchup. You know, Allen Robinson's the best, you know, skill position player, has been kind of battling a hamstring injury. I'm a little nervous about him. I kind of feel like Marshawn Lattimore matches up pretty good against him in the other corners and safeties there. So I'm not really looking at him. And I feel like the whole David Montgomery thing, he's been great and he has kind of resurrected his career, but he's also had a lot of really easy matchups down the stretch here of, you know, facing basically the bottom, you know, uh, the bottom 10% of, in terms of rush defenses, you know, he's faced a lot of easy matchups and he's done well in those matchups, but now he's facing the saints who are second DVO run defense and fourth and yards allowed per carry. They're a real stout physical. They have great linebackers. I mean, they got some saints have had some injuries on defense, so they're a little bit banged up, but overall they're still really solid. Um, so I just don't like the matchup for the bears. Uh, the game script doesn't play out very well for guys like Montgomery. I know he can catch some passes, but I just don't see them being that productive in this game. Um, and I think Trubisky is going to be under a lot of fire and, and be prone to mistakes here. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then on the Saints side, yeah, it's going to be pretty chalky here because I think we're expecting Kamara most likely to clear the the, the protocols and the COVID-19 stuff before game time. So Kamara is a guy you kind of lock and load in there. It's a, it's a really tough matchup. The Bears' defense is good, but Kamara does work in the pass game as well. And he caught a ton of balls against them last time out. And uh, the only problem is Michael Thomas takes away some of those targets as well. Um, but, yeah, overall, Kamara is going to be the guy – Uh, Latavius Murray is kind of in the mix as well because if you think they're going to get a lead here and just run the ball in the second half Latavius Murray is pretty cheap and he could he could get some work done as well sometimes they'll give him the ball in the red zone so I like Kamara Uh, I like I actually do like Michael Thomas even though again it's not an easy matchup you feel like if Michael Thomas is actually healthy he's coming off a high ankle sprain but he is practicing now if he can get a couple full practices in like on Friday for example if he practices full I'll feel better about it but I think uh, he's had a horrible season, and this is his way to redeem himself. Um, they are down Traquan Smith, so they're down on receivers. And this is the time they need Michael Thomas to be able to move the chains here. Since the Bears are pretty tough against the run, I think they can pass the ball. And obviously, even though they haven't played much lately, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas still have great chemistry, and Michael Thomas is still a great receiver. He's just had a really bad year, unfortunately. But you're getting a discount because of that, too, where Michael Thomas would normally be, what, 
eight to nine thousand dollar range he's, you're getting him in the six thousand dollar range on both sites so that's why i do like michael thomas here if he can if he's a full go and then like i said probably the saints defense looks pretty good here too is i think trubisky's gonna do to make a couple bad mistakes here and uh the saints defense will pay he never pay. makes mistakes what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about trubisky <laughs> he's played better i'll give him credit but again he's been benefited from some pretty juicy matchups lately yeah. and this this matchup is not like that yeah i agree yeah, the Chicago side, I'm just not that interested in because of the matchup. Um, you know, Mooney's an okay price if if he's healthy. To, you know, 3900 on DraftKings, I like. But yeah, it's it's all about the Saints skill position players for me. Kamara, 8500. I like that you're getting him 700 dollars cheaper than Derrick Henry on DraftKings, and you've got the great PPR upside. Nine for 96 for receptions against Chicago in that in that first game. Of course, Thomas wasn't there, so that should come down a little bit. But I like Kamara here. And Thomas, I mean, 6,300, like you said, on DraftKings, I'll take it. Um, you know, he's he's basically matchup proof. So uh, assuming he's ready to go and healthy, I like him. And then the other guy here to look at is Jared Cook. You can certainly beat the Bears with a tight end. He did so back in week eight, five for just over 50 yards and a touchdown. Similar line for him last week against Carolina. So uh, he's in a good spot here. You could play uh, two or three of those guys, I think, and uh, do do pretty well on, on DraftKings. All right, Shane, before we get to game three and we finalize these rosters, uh, if you missed the Saturday show, Let's give you those details again on the tremendous offer if you're into sports betting from BetUS. Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time. So put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw dropping sign up bonuses. Now we have the best book in the industry teamed up with the best DFS provider in the industry. Make your first deposit of $149 at betus.com.pa with promo code COACHTALK and receive a free membership with DFS Coach Talk with full access to our DFS lineups in NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB. The best in the biz. Sign up today to make straight bets, future bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back. And thank you again to BetUS for extending that offer for our listeners. Uh, jump in at betus.com.pa. Use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word. Make sure it's your first deposit there. That's who this is for. Uh, and then you'll be a member with us for free all the way until April 1st. So we'd love to have you. If you're not into sports betting, same 149 is available on our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Right at the top of the screen there, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, sign up there. We'll get you into our Discord with an email, and we give out our lineups right there about 45 minutes before kickoff for NFL. We give out the full FanDuel cash lineup, the GPP lineup, and then the DraftKings coaches clipboard. So uh, a lot of fun with that. We'd love to have you. All right, Shane, game three here on Sunday Another rematch for the third time, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Now, this matchup just can't ever get any sort of consistency because back in week six, 
the Steelers blew out the Browns, but they didn't have a guy named Chubb, who I think you kind of have some interest in mm-hmm. as a general football fan and, and analyst. And then in week 17, that was last week they played, but of course, Big, Big Ben didn't play, and uh, Cleveland snuck that one out by two, 24-22. Now we've got a total of 47.5, but the Steelers are six-point favorites because we've got a slew of missing persons for Cleveland. We've got Stefanski on the sidelines with COVID. We've got a safety, a couple offensive linemen, defensive end Olivier Vernon, and then wide receiver Kaderil Hodge out with either COVID or injury. So Cleveland is in a tough spot here prepping for this matchup against their heated rival, the Steelers. Uh, will the Browns be able to recover here and, and make this a close game, or are the Steelers going to advance here? Well, the short answer is no, I don't think they will. <laughs> and I've been a pretty ad- big, big advocate of the Cleveland Browns this year, but, you know, one of their strengths that I've talked about throughout the year is I like their offensive line, but now all of a sudden their offensive line has been banged up. Their guys are out. They're rotating guys in and out. So it's no longer a strength for the team. And Baker Mayfield's not the type of guy, you know, you're just going to want to drop back with a weak offensive line and try to sling the ball against this pass rush. You know, even though Pittsburgh's lost a few guys, they still have a ferocious defense. They're still among the best for pass rushes and coverage combinations here. So, and this is probably one of the first times in a while that I haven't loved these Cleveland running backs. I don't like the offensive line, and I don't like the uh, a fairly healthy defensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't like that matchup in the trenches here. So I just don't think there's going to be enough uh, room to run for these really talented uh, running backs for Cleveland, for Chubb and Hunt here. So I think for the most part, I'm not really that interested in them. They're extremely talented. They can kind of get theirs against anyone, but I just don't like the way this game is facing. I don't like the game script, and I don't like the the, the situation with the offensive line. Uh, so I think I think Pittsburgh will get it done here defensively and be able to really limit Cleveland. So if I'm looking at Cleveland, I might be looking at like a one-off. Um, one guy I'm looking at, because again, on this slate, on these small slates, if you can get different and get a value guy that you think is low-owned, that's how you differentiate yourself. So I'm actually looking at Rashad Higgins for Cleveland because I think he's going to be low-owned. He's not a guy that you know is very is very attractive, and when you look at it, but he's a big playmaker. Uh, I think that they're going to get down and have to pass the ball, and you can make big plays against the the Pittsburgh secondary. Pittsburgh's pass rush isn't as good as it was probably earlier in the year when they you know since they lost Bud Dupree and they've lost some linebackers. So I think Baker Mayfield will have enough time to take a few shots here. Rashad Higgins has showed big play upside this year, and Pittsburgh has given up some big plays in games as well. And so you're going to get Rashad Higgins, 5,500 on FanDuel, and really cheap 4,100 on DK. And I feel like he's a guy that could make some big plays here, and you're going to get a low ownership because he's, he's in a tough matchup and uh, not a good situation here. So that's one guy that stood out to me. Uh, you can also look at Austin Hooper, the tight end here. Uh, he's, he's pretty solid and should get quite a few targets here as well. He's been okay. And then uh, you can also look at Jarvis Landry. Obviously, he's their number one wide receiver, but I just don't love the matchup. You know, they're pretty good. If, if Landry lines up in the slot, they're pretty solid. But Landry does line up a little bit everywhere as well. So Landry's okay. I just don't know if he's going to have that much upside in this matchup or not. I just don't really, in general, like the Cleveland offense. Again, if their offensive line's not clicking, 
that's going to cause issues with the running game and the play action that they're really good at. That's going to cause issues with pass protection, and it's just going to be hard for them to score in general. Um, so I'm, that's kind of my opinion on the Cleveland side here. Are you feeling any better about the Cleveland side? Unfortunately not, no. Okay. So uh, to me, I, you can look at the Steelers' defense. They're in play for me, and yep. I agree probably at most a one-off. If you figure that the Steelers are going to be ahead – for a lot of this game, then maybe Cleveland has to throw it more than they want to and they're used to. So, sure, a guy like Higgins, uh, maybe he hits value because he's cheap and he gets a little bit of extra volume. So it's it's Steelers' defense for me. And then we'll see about the Steelers' skill position players here. If they're going to get this lead, uh, how do you think they're going to do it? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I really like the the wide receivers here. They've been up and down all year, but... Really, the most consistent guy, aside from a couple rough games where he had some dropsy issues here, is Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson, he's one of the best route runners, you know, in general. You know, is pretty good catching the ball. He's dropped. He's dropped a lot of passes. But just in terms of getting open and his route running ability, you know, Big Ben looks for him early and often. And with Big Ben having a week off and hopefully being healthy. I think that's a good good connection there. If you want to get multiple lineups and you want to do GPP, I think you can play Big Ben and pair him up with his wide receivers. Um, but other than that, you know, I would take Deontay Johnson just by himself. I think he's a he's pretty expensive, but he's a high volume guy. He gets targets in the red zone for a small guy too, and he's just a big playmaker, a great run after the catch ability. And I just like his ability to get open, especially against these Cleveland secondary. I'm not really that excited about their secondary. You know, we got to keep an eye and see if uh, Denzel Ward is playing for Cleveland too. If he's out, um, you know, then you got to like these uh, Pittsburgh wide receivers even more. But other than that, these guys move all around, and they're going to be able to. Deontay Johnson won't see uh, Ward, you know, all the time. He'll be able to avoid him. I like Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot. You can beat uh, Cleveland through the slot. Their slot coverage isn't that great, and he's pretty affordable. So I like Juju Smith-Schuster. So I probably prefer those guys a little bit over Claypool, even though Claypool is like a really exciting playmaker. It seems like uh, Rudolph really uh, liked the throw to him last week, but Big Big Ben tends to gravitate a little bit more towards Deontay Johnson, and then obviously he has more overall, you know, rapport and trust with Juju. You know, even though even though Claypool's been great this year, um, and then you can take a look at the running game and see if they can get the running game going. We've been talking about all year how they haven't been good at it, but if James Conner's going to have a, a good game, this is it. You know, I think that they, they could they can finally get the running game going and get a good lead here. James Conner's pretty cheap, and they might have been just saving him a little bit for the playoff run here. And uh, he's been also catching a lot of passes as well. So if he's a guy that gets five or six targets, you know, that's a good situation for James Conner here. And I actually like Eric Ebron. You know, I'm not a big Ebron fan overall, but I do like Eric Ebron in this matchup against Cleveland's linebackers and safeties are pretty weak there. And uh, Ebron is coming off. uh, I believe he was coming off the COVID list. I think he had an injury then COVID. You know, it seems like a lot of the players are like that. But Ebron, you know, just a super athletic guy. Uh, who's a big playmaker and often gets looked at in the red zone as well. So this is an opportunity for him is really he doesn't block much. He's more of a receiving tight end, which is the type of guys I like to target in a good matchup. Uh, so and he's pretty cheap too, 5,500 FanDuel, 37 on DraftKings. Seems like a great price to me for a guy that's this type of playmaker. So I just like these tight ends that don't really block a lot. They're running a lot of routes. He'll probably get quite a bit of targets. I'm just hoping he catches the ball. But I think this might be the week where Ebron actually catches the ball. So that's why I like him. Yeah, it's funny. Probably the the two pass catchers I'm most interested in here for the Steelers are the guys that have had trouble catching the ball, Ebron yeah. and and Deontay Johnson. I, <laughs> yeah, I like too. both of those spots. 
and then Connor, yeah, he's interesting because back in week six against Cleveland, he went for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then it was sort of an abyss for him. He was just out there wandering around looking for DFS production and not finding much. Really struggled for quite a bit. And uh, I do like that last week he got back in the mix with 14 touches and five catches, not just five targets, but five catches. And that's yeah. when he's at his best if he's involved in that passing game, especially on, on DK. Uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me if, at all if he gets five catches again. We know that Ben likes to check it down. So Connor in the mix for me as well. All right, that's going to wrap up our Sunday three-game slate. We'd love to have you join us for membership. Again, it's a perfect time right as we kick off the NFL playoffs and we're giving out the lineups for NBA every slate, getting hot over there. So join us through BetUS if you're into the sports betting or straight through our website if you just want to focus on DFS, dfscoachtalk.com, and we'll get you into our Discord. In the meantime, if you could just hit the like button on YouTube and hit subscribe, we appreciate your support there. We're going to continue to do these free NFL podcasts through the playoffs and continue to do five NBA podcasts per week on YouTube and everywhere podcasts can be found. So on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.